thing. Psalm number 19. Psalm 19. If you've read the psalm, um, then you've, you've probably, hopefully you've received a blessing. It's one of those psalms that will, will kind of get you. Of course, there's things in the psalm that, that you know. You know, the very, the very first phrase there is one that you know. And then the, uh, as you go on down through there, um, where is it at? The law of the Lord, verse 7, the law of the Lord is perfect. The statue of the Lord is right. The fear of the Lord is clean. Uh, the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Those are things that we've heard throughout the year. Matter of fact, as I was studying this this week, I, I, I got so caught up in verse number 1, 2, 3, and 4 that I completely overlooked until today that um, my pastor, Brother Troutman, preached, the, preached from verse 7 down through verse number 11 on uh, February the 20th of 2005, God's wonderful book, Divine. And... Uh, my first thought was Brother Berman Cape singing God's Wonderful Book Divine. And uh, so I started kind of, I got a hitch in my giddy up. And then I could just imagine Brother Brother Troutman saying, Myron, and let me tell you about God's Wonderful Book Divine. And so I just kind of thrilled my heart. I didn't even see that as I was studying this. So uh, as we look now, let's look at verse number one, two, and three. I'm going to go ahead and read verse number four, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to preach that tonight. But um, I, I would like uh, maybe... Um, casually sometime, maybe I'd like to hear from you about verse number four. It's very interesting, and I think I have, um, I think I have some things to say, but that's just not where my heart is tonight. Verse number one, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Now, verse number two is where my, my heart really is. It says, the uh, day unto day uttereth speech. And night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line is gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun. Uh, just because it doesn't end in a period, let's read verse 5. Uh, so there's a tabernacle set for the sun at the end of verse number four, verse five, which is a as as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoiceth as a strong man to run a race. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for this place and for your word. We ask you now that you'd speak to our hearts. Give us the words to say. Father, you know my heart tonight, how it's thrilled about your word, and we just pray that you'd help us to be able to speak these things to your people tonight. We give you the glory and the honor, in Jesus' name, amen. I want to read again, we'll deal with one, two, and three, but I want to read again verse number two, and and I I want you, if you will, to to kind of grasp what, what the verse is saying. He says, day unto day. Uttereth speech. And night unto night showeth knowledge. So there's two subjects in both of these phrases, and they are speaking to one another. Do y'all get that? One day speaks to another day. And that intrigues me. And so the title of my message tonight is Declarations Never Heard. 
As I was studying over this week in Hebrews chapter number 1, I'll just read you verses, a couple of verses there. In Hebrews chapter number 1, the first three verses say, A God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had made himself, purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. And so as I was reading those things, and it talks about he made the world, and, and he, was the, he was appointed heir of all things, and uh, he's the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person. He upholds the world with his power, and, and he had uh, uh, by himself purged our sins. He sat down at the right hand of the majesty of God. Those got my thoughts just going. I, I, I mean, I couldn't even write, and I immediately put down my pen, and I went over to Psalm number 19, and I read, the heavens declare the glory of God. And my heart truly began to burst out in my soul. And and I'm not being super spiritual when I say this. I'm not some great spiritual person. But I, I could not concentrate on anything else that I was doing. And I was studying in Hebrews chapter number 1. And I quite honestly closed the book that I was studying at, and I read through this, and and I could not think of anything else. And I I just shut everything down. I went upstairs, and I said, I'm done for today, because God has just fouled up my plans with the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth His handiwork. And so while I was pondering these things, and as I was praying on these things, I felt more. This was on Tuesday, I believe it was. I felt drawn Maybe we instead drawn more and more to these thoughts. And so the words and the phrases that, that my mind kept grasping a hold of was the word declare and the phrase uttereth speech or showeth knowledge or no speech nor language or their voice is not heard and their words there in verse number, I believe that's verse number three or verse number four. Uh, those phrases and those words have intrigued me. Now, I have no intention tonight of doing some deep word study that's going to take days and days to get through, but I do want to quickly look at some of these declarations, if you will, uh, that are never heard, and uh, those will be my focus this evening. So again, our thought is the declarations never heard. Number one, we're going to go verse by verse tonight. I want us to see, first of all, the heavens declare the glory of God, and we look at this this word uh, declare, and we see first of all that creation itself declares. Creation itself declares. Now, I was looking, or I wasn't looking, I was listening this morning when Brother uh, Samuel was teaching, and he mentioned something about uh, creation groaning, and somewhere it's in the book that I got at the house where I wrote down a note, Romans chapter number 8, I believe, is the, the reference that, that he alluded to. Uh, somewhere it talks about the, uh, how that creation is groaning within itself. 
and uh, I, I've, I've always been intrigued by <clears throat> volcanoes and by earthquakes and, and even tsunamis. Tsunamis, I guess, boil down as an earthquake over water and then it comes to the land, uh, but, or underwater. But how that those, those happenings, uh, create such a groaning in the earth. And, uh, it's just something funny. I can remember many, many years ago, how that it was all over the news in Knoxville and in Sevier County, how that there was uh, an earthquake and we just happened to go up to Lori's grandma's house. We call her uh, Granny Rawhuff and, and we went up there and she was so excited. She said, did y'all feel that earthquake this morning? And we was like, no, Granny, we did. She said, well, I didn't either. And, and so that's been just kind of an ongoing joke. She was so excited. We thought for sure she had failed the earthquake, but she didn't. But there is a groaning in the earth. There's a groaning in creation. <clears throat> And it says the heavens declare the glory of God. So what is this declare? It means to intensely recount or to celebrate. What is it? So can I ask you? What is creation celebrating? Can I, I'll just tell you, it is not celebrating itself. It is celebrating its creator. It is celebrating the hands that created it. And it is the glory of God that's being recounted and celebrating. It is the splendor of God that is on the, the unheard voice and the unheard sound of the groanings from the earth. I was watching something about a month or so ago. And this man had some some equipment that he put down inside the mouth of a volcano. And there was with him, there was a blind man. And this blind man had, had made it his business to hike. Even though he could not see, he could feel the reverberations of, of the, the wind before it truly got to him. And, and the vibrations of the earth. And, and as he was putting this sound equipment down into the mouth of this volcano, before the sound equipment ever measured a single record, the man said there's something big happening because I'm about to run. Because he could feel creation was groaning and another part of God's creation, this blind man, he could feel God's creation groaning within himself. And so what this groaning is, it is not groaning of itself. It's not bringing light to himself. But it's saying there is something bigger than I am. There is something more glorifying than I am. There is something with more glory in itself than I have. And in glory goes to God. Imagine the scene. You've heard me preach it. You've heard many people preach it there in Isaiah chapter number 6. It starts off in the year that King Uzziah died. I saw also the Lord high and lifted up. And I could imagine how that I'm not going to stand here and say that this was the first time Isaiah saw the Lord. But I believe this was the first time in a long time that Isaiah saw a vision of God. And he saw God because he had been looking at a righteous king. He had been looking at you. Uzziah had been looking to him for all of his leadership. He'd been looking to him even for some of his spiritual leadership. But now God had taken Uzziah off the scene. And, and, 
and Isaiah needed a fresh touch, a fresh a vision, a fresh direction. And God has shown Himself to him. And now, sitting upon a throne, Isaiah saw the Lord. And I will say this, that the Lord there in Isaiah chapter number 6, it is Adonai. It is the one that is the sole owner of all of its dependents. It is the master of everything. And so Isaiah said, I saw Adonai. He said, I didn't see just a master. I saw the master of it all. He said, I didn't just see a master, but I saw my master. And so he said, I saw the Lord. I saw my master sitting upon a throne. He said, I thought my master may have been Uzziah, but I realized that my master was on a throne higher than Uzziah's all along. He said, I saw my master. I saw Adonai sitting high upon a throne. He said he was high and lifted up. He said his train filled the temple. He said there was seraphim uh, flying overhead proclaiming, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. And when they said Lord of hosts, that was Jehovah. That was the self-existent one. How uh, They were saying, He has been. He is. He will be. He always has been. He created Himself. Uh, he was before time. Uh, he will be after time. He always has been. And He always will be. He says the he said holy 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 is the lord of hosts but listen to this we're talking about the heavens declare the glory of god and here we see that these seraphim ended what they said the whole earth is full of his glory what about that the whole earth is full of his glory and so then we see number two uh we're still in verse number one We see the heavens declare the glory of God, but then we see number two, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. So we we have to figure out first of all what is the firmament. If you've ever read uh, Genesis, you 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 come across the firmament, and you're and I've heard people say the word firmament, and they're firmament. They can't even say it, and and I understand it, there's a lot of syllables there. If Benny were to if little Benny were to say firmament, it'd take him thirty seconds to say it. Ain't that right, Benny? I love Benny. He can say yes, and if they did, he put seven syllables in it. Yes. Am I telling it right, Benny? Oh, you shook your head on that one. I can't hear that. That's silent declarations right there. <clears throat> The firmament showeth his hand. So what is the firmament? One writer said that it is the visible arch of the sky. If you go out at nighttime, everything you see is the firmament. You go out in the daytime, everything you see is the firmament. From, from, from the ground as high as you can see is the firmament. As far as you can see. And so what I'm, what I need to tell you is be sure to look. Because the firmament showeth his handiwork. So if the firmament, as everything that you can see above your eyeballs, above your head, if it's going to show you something, then you need to be looking for it. So what does this word show? The word showeth, it means to stand out front and announce. You know, Miss Irene, you know, and I've never been there, but you know, we see it in, in television shows and we hear and we read about it, how that in those days of the kings, how that they would, 
how before they would 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 come maybe on a chariot or or however they would enter somewhere, they'd have somebody out there and they'd blow that horn and they would announce the king. They'd blow that horn and then they would maybe hear ye, hear ye, here comes king so and so. What they were doing is they were showing their king. They were standing out in front of everyone, which is a place of prominence, but they were announcing someone higher than they. So what are we looking at, Kurt? We're looking at the firmament. It's a lot higher than we are, but yet it's, it's declaring someone a lot higher than it is. <laughs> and so this firmament is standing out front. He's saying, hey, look up in here. But I need you to look a little bit further. Because as, as, as pretty as my blue hue is, I want you to know there's someone a lot more majestic than I am. As pretty as this black sky looks in the midnight, I want you to know there's something that looks a whole lot better than I do. So there is this word, uh, uh, show. He says, the, the firmament showeth his handiwork. Just to give you an illustration, as, as every eagle soars, it shows its creator and its handiwork. I told you about when we were in South Carolina the year before last, I was walking from the church to the camper where we were staying, and I just happened to hear uh, uh, an eagle up, uh, 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 up, uh, up there. And, and I happened to look up and it was flying in circles and I heard another one and there were two and they were going through the mating process and, and they were, one was, they were both flying in circles but one had turned upside down and the one that had turned upside down was free falling and the male was to show its strength and had to grab that female and hold that female up as long as it could to show its strength. That's showing God's handiwork. But have you ever seen an eagle? And there's probably, you could probably Google it right now before I get done saying what I'm saying. And you could probably tell how long an eagle with the flap of one wing could soar on a clear sky. You know what he's doing? He's showing forth God's handiwork. You know, from, from here looking up in the sky, that eagle don't look that big. But if you get close enough, that eagle looks almost frightening how big he is. Not only does that eagle, but every drop of water that somehow goes from the earth through that cycle and ends up going back up into the clouds and forms into some cloud and floats gracefully overhead until God finally tells it to fall. How many of us sit down and we look at the clouds and we say, how beautiful is that cloud? Or we look and we say, well, that cloud looks like this or it looks like that. Or we see those, those real puffy clouds and then all of a sudden they look like a blanket and they're flat. Or they're feathered out. That's the handiwork of God. With just one breath, He can, he can do whatever He wants to do. When those drops of water fall and that sunlight catches them just the right way and a rainbow is formed. That rainbow, that rainbow stands wide and it stands tall announcing it showeth forth that God made me and I've never been touched by man. You see, that water may have been touched by man. That eagle may have been touched by man, but that rainbow not one time has ever been touched by man and never will be 
But my, what beauty. What beauty it beholds. It may say, I'm a symbol of God's promise to every man and to every age. As light fades into darkness, as stars appears on a clear night, you can see thousands of stars. As each one seemingly fixed in place begins to flicker, begins to stand still, imagine what they must be saying. Imagine the glory and the works that they must have seen. Most, and I'm no scientist, and, and anytime I see the word million or billion in any type of scientific paper, I immediately turn the page. And so I, 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 I cannot find a good amount of an age of a star. Even in young earth creation, I cannot find a good, a good age of a star. But I, I am smart enough to know this, that some of those stars, if you look, I believe it's day three, maybe day four, God made the sun and the moon and the stars also. So pretty much from the very beginning, those stars have been there, and they don't just die out every other day. So some of those stars, Hunter, that we're seeing tonight, if you go out and it's clear enough, you go out, some of those stars that you see have been there almost since time on earth began. Think about that for a minute. So with that thought in mind, it could be that as you look up there, as you look up there, and if you could hear those silent declarations, maybe they're telling you about how man and beast were created. Maybe they're telling you the story of destruction in the flood, but the redemption of man through Noah. Maybe they're telling you of kings and kingdoms, how they've risen and how they've fallen. Maybe they tell you how that Savior of the world traveled through time and space and how he came as an infant, but then how he rose on a cross one day, how he was taken down and placed in a borrowed tomb in a garden, but yet he rose again on that third day and ascended into the third heaven. One of those stars, one of those stars even lit the way for those wise men to come visit him and Mary and Joseph. Those stars are in the firmament. How those stars are in the heavens and they are, they are showing the handiwork of God. Number three, I almost want to leave this for last, but I, I think I'm going to go ahead and hit it. Number three, we're in verse number two now. Y'all following with me? Number three, day and night, speaking and sharing knowledge. Let's look at our verse again, verse number two. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. So, number three, the point is day and night speaking and sharing knowledge. As each day passes, some form of communication takes place. John Wesley said that the day repeats the demonstrations of God's glory. We can't comprehend it. How can one day, well, how can one 12-hour day talk to the previous 12-hour day? How can one day talk to the future 12-hour? I don't understand it myself, but, but according to God's Word, day unto day, He says, uttereth speech. So as day turns into day, John Wesley said, it repeats the demonstrations of God's glory. 
I can imagine maybe as the day has passed today and, and maybe there's some grand things that have happened today and we could probably all think of negative and we could probably all think of grand things that have happened today. Maybe tomorrow it'll be in the news. I don't know, but, but know somewhere along the line today has taken note of the glory and the goodness and the greatness of God. And as tomorrow morning dawns and that sun raises up, there's some unheard communication from today to tomorrow that says, I want to remind you and I want to declare unto you the demonstrations of God's glory from yesterday. Or maybe tomorrow will come in quite timidly and maybe doesn't know exactly what to expect throughout the day. But because of what God did today, tomorrow can come in and say, if God did that yesterday, then I have absolutely nothing to fear today. And because of what God does tomorrow, then when Tuesday comes along, uh, Tuesday then is emboldened and, and, and has the faith to go on. And it becomes Wednesday. And Wednesday becomes Thursday. And January becomes uh, February. And 2024 becomes 2025. And before long, we're in eternity with Christ because day ordereth unto day. The goodness and the glory of God. This word uttereth, it means to pour out constantly and abundantly. It's not just to say, hey, I just got to tell you a little secret. It's to continually throughout the day saying, hey, I, I, I forgot to tell you what God did yesterday. Wouldn't that be a blessing if we were wearing our thumbs out, texting and calling one another and said, you know what? I know I talked to you this morning and I told you what God did for me yesterday. And I know that was just 30 minutes ago, but I done forgot what God did for me. And so I just want to remind you again. And then around lunchtime, you call, I, you know what? I know I'd already talked to you two or three times today, but I forgot to tell you what God did. And I just got to remind you how good, about to run, Ashlyn, you're going with me, how good God is and what good God has done and how great God has proved Himself to be. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we would utter unto ourselves the things that God has done? As night passes silently, it passes knowledge to the next hours of darkness, a clear discovery of God, their author. There's, there's good and there's bad things that happen in the night. There's peaceful there's scary things that happen in the night. The night hours seem to be the longest hours. The darkest, the coldest. But yet it says that night unto night showeth knowledge. You remember this showeth, it means to stand out front and announce. So the night previous... We're just now into the night. If we were to hush ourselves just for a little while and strain ourselves, I wonder what last night could be telling tonight. What, what does it say? What knowledge could last night be sharing with tonight? I immediately begin thinking about water. John Wesley said, again, as night passes, it silently passes knowledge to the next hours of darkness, a clear discovery of God, 
their altar. I, I immediately begin thinking about the water that we used to visit in the mountains. <clears throat> Before we got married, Lori and I used to, to have dates up in the mountains. And we'd, we'd uh, listen, I'd been fat all my life. We'd go to KFC and we'd go to the mountains and have a picnic. Okay? And so we'd go up there and we'd go to the chimney tops or we'd go here or there. And we'd, we'd churches used to let out sometimes and, and we'd go to the mountains and, and churches would plan picnics on Saturdays and we'd go to the mountains. It was wonderful. But we'd go there and you, you get in that water and it's so cold. But as you, as you get in that cold water that was coming from high up in the mountain somewhere, and you'd go further out and you'd, you'd make your way out into the middle, it was so loud sometimes that, that you could, you could, you could not hear the people on the shore. You could not hear the cars driving by as close as they may have been. Could it be that the water that leaves the heights of the mountains and wanders down into that valley, that the reason that it became so loud is because it began to declare over every new rock and around every bend the greatness of God. Could it be that the reason, <laughs> could it be that the reason you could not hear the clamor on the shore and the noise on the road is because of nature declaring the goodness of God. Could it be that this, this creek or this river or this stream may have been saying, I've been on the mountain. I've been near the heavens. I felt the breath of God. I've been in His presence. And oh, how sweet it is. I love the beach. I grew up near the beach. And I wonder if those waves, as they come crashing in, may have something to say. I wonder maybe if they say something like this. I've been in the loneliness of the ocean and God was there. When no one else was around, no ships, no man could be found, but God was there. I've been in the depths of the sea where no light was at all. But God was there. Now, here I am on the surface seeing light and facing the shoreline. And still, God is there. I've watched in amazement in videos where those glaciers would break in pieces. And, and there's a name for that. But if we could hear maybe what it says, maybe it would say, I've seen time creep by now for decades, for centuries, and, and God has never changed. I've seen storms, I've seen wars and floods and droughts, but God has stayed the same. The time has come for me to break away, but as I pass land and through sea from frigid to warm water, I must declare that God is the same. What conversations must be had from day to day and from night unto night? It'd probably be another 20 minutes if I described the conversation from night to day or from day to night. One thing that I used to hate, especially if there was, if there was a night shift coming in after me or that had been at a job before me, because whichever shift I was on, the other shift always was worse. 
If I was on the other shift, the other was worse. It's always that way. There's always a dread of what's going to happen. Could you imagine the toil and the heat of the day? How hard it must have been. The day must say to the night, I don't know how you'll ever survive. The heat is so unbearable. The work is so hard. The wickedness is rampant. But then with the night, it brings a coolness. A need for slumber and a longing for rest. You see, God knows exactly what He's doing. And then lastly tonight, we look at verse number 3. Here's number 4. There is no place that the voices of creation are not heard. Verse number 3 says, There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. What voice is he talking about? Well, there's the heavens. They're declaring something, so there's a voice. There's the firmament. They're showing, they're announcing, so there's a voice. Day is uttering, so there's a voice. Night is showing, so there's a voice. So there's four voices here that the Bible says that their voice is heard. There are over a hundred, there, there are over this, but there are 195 recognized countries in the world. There are other countries, but they're not recognized as countries. Many of those are poor and they're undeveloped. But if we were to go to the deepest and the most undeveloped country, whether there were people or not, whether they were, there was a language, whether there was civilization or not, whether we go to the most populated country and we stand in the, the center of the most populated city, the declarations of creation will never be heard by our ear, but they are constantly being made. If we were to go, I, I, I'm assuming, just because I'm naive, I'm assuming that maybe New York City is probably the most, or at least one of the most populated cities in the United States. Could be wrong. But if we were to go to the top of the highest building, or go to the lowest part, in the slum. And we look around and we see just dank, dirty, dark filth. And we go up and we see nothing but sky. No matter which place you are, the heavens are going to declare the glory of God. The firmaments are going to show His handiwork. Day is going to utter today. Night is going to show knowledge tonight. You see, it's not dependent on us. It's dependent on Him. As long as He is, His creation is going to glorify Him. Understand this tonight, just as a side note. We are the only of God's creation that have a mind whether to give glory or not. That dog, that cat, that Porcupine, that skunk, that, I don't know what it does, but that mosquito and that gnat. They don't have a soul. They have a purpose, and God's created them for a purpose. 
But they're going to give glory to God. Nature is going to give glory to God. There's no place that the voices of creation are not heard. No matter where you go on this earth, no matter where you go in heavens, no matter where you go, you'll find. As a matter of fact, you won't find, but you can mark it down that creation is making declarations unto God. As I close the message tonight, I have to think about the glory that I have missed. I have to think, instead of looking around at God's creation, I've looked at the trouble surrounding me. We've, we've probably all been guilty of that. Instead of seeing the handiwork of God, I've busied myself working with my own hands, trying to see the glory of what I have done. But you see, anything that I make with my own hands will soon pass away. I'm not alone in this, but I have very few antiques. Some have more than me. But even those, they may be 70, they may be 100, some may be 200 years old. But one day they will pass away. Brother Jody, you may pass away. Not being morbid, but that's a fact. We may pass away. God's creation, the, the birds and, the, and this, that and the other, may pass away. But what God has designed for Him to get glory will never pass away. Even when He makes a new heaven and a new earth, He's already made it to where He's going to get glory. There'll never be an ending of the glory given to God. What we make with our own hands, it'll fade away. But if we trust in God and we'll watch and we'll listen to the things that God has given, the heavens declare the glory of God. The firmaments show forth the handiwork of God. I'm telling you, there's so much to be seen if we'll look. If we'll look. Let's stand tonight.